Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman. This is week eight of the quarantine edition of my show. Today I've reversed my order a little bit. And I know last week I said I'd be doing a preview for the MLS's back tournament. And it looks a lot different. I'll get to that here in a minute. I'll still have my COVID-19 sports news a little bit later in my show today. And I'll have my live sports update to conclude the show. But just before I get into my normal segments, there's something that just came across on my phone. Got a notification for it. And... This literally just happened in the last couple of minutes. Patrick Mahomes, who's the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, has signed a, and I'm not misquoting here, this is from Adam Scheffner, who's like one of the most in-the-know people in the NFL. He has signed a 10-year contract extension. And I'm not misquoting that. 10-year contract extension just broke in the last 20 minutes i mean first of all wow i i'll be completely honest i didn't think 10-year contracts were allowed i thought five was kind of what people got now there are contracts that end up being longer than that so like as an example when players get contract extensions it tends to carry over with their existing contract and so as an example Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz technically has a six-year contract even though it was just a four-year extension if that makes sense and so Patrick Mahomes is getting a 10-year contract extension I don't know the money right now and that's because I'm reading a lot of different reports there are a lot of people who do believe uh, very strongly that this contract extension will have ties to the salary cap. So what that means is that instead of getting a monetary figure per year, like for example, Cam Newton just got a one-year $7.5 million contract for the season, instead of that being just a monetary value, it's going to be cap-tied. So whatever the salary cap ends up being, Patrick Mahomes will probably in all likelihood get a certain percentage of the salary cap. Right now, I don't know what that will be because it hasn't been reported yet. But if it does, I'll certainly mention it on my show today. But wow, that is... You know, normally on a contract like that, you would say, what is the team thinking? They're mortgaging their future. But this is Patrick Mahomes and... He just won the Super Bowl and Kansas City kind of had no choice they had to pay Mahomes whatever he wanted and I have no problem with a player getting as much money as possible and it sounds like he's going to be extremely well compensated for his efforts in helping the Chiefs win their first Super Bowl in about 50 years so big day for Patrick Mahomes but anyway I'll get on to my normal segments. Again, if, Mahol if the number drops as far as what percentage of the cap he's signing for, I'll mention that. But I wanted to start today with the MLS is back because I did say last week I was going to preview this tournament because the MLS is having kind of a World Cup style tournament to return to play. But 
aren't going that well. Let's just say it's been a little bit of a disaster. And for those of you who, I'm sure you've seen this meme, but there's a meme of the guy who's in his house and the house is like totally on fire. The fire is like closing in and the meme is just, the guy says, this is fine. That seems to be the MLS's motto these days is that they have a burning house that they think is totally fine. So I have a lot to get into here. And instead of previewing the tournament, I'm basically giving a snapshot of what it what is going on right now in Orlando with this tournament. So first thing is that the state of Florida has seen 10,000 plus COVID cases for the last few days. And the state is it looks like the absolute epicenter of the entire pandemic right now. In fact, Florida has had more cases in a single day than the European Union has had in a single day. So things are not going great right now in Florida and hospital capacity is starting to creep up towards the, oh crap, we better, you know, prepare for something really bad's gonna happen essentially as far as that's concerned states uh, other states that have opened up in the u.s texas has seen an overwhelming of hospitals arizona has seen an overwhelming of hospitals and florida's getting there so that's the first thing now to the specific team news the biggest one of course had to be fc dallas fc dallas has actually reportedly thought about pulling out of the tournament they have had nine players and one staff member test positive so far. And this is basically since arriving in Orlando. This is not, you know, they tested positive before they got on the flight. This is as they arrived type of thing. And so FC Dallas has nine players tested positive. As a result of that, their opening match was supposed to be with the Vancouver Whitecaps. That has been postponed as a result. The next one, Colorado, their team has delayed their flight to Florida after they had two presumptive positive test cases. Nashville FC SC has had five positive tests since arriving in Orlando, which is unbelievably concerning. Nashville's been there earlier than a lot of other teams because they play on Wednesday and having five positive tests in the bubble immediately is not great. Toronto FC, meanwhile, is actually flying down today. They've delayed their flight a few times. They were supposed to already be in Orlando, but Toronto FC has elected to fly down today because they apparently had someone exhibiting symptoms on the airplane, essentially the day they were supposed to fly down. So that's their situation. Vancouver is supposed to fly down tomorrow, but I guess we'll see. Uh, a lot of other MLS teams are also have also delayed flights till tomorrow, so they're trying to fly down on Tuesday with the tournament starting on Wednesday, which I know doesn't make any sense. Columbus Crew has also seen a player test positive as well, and as a result, he's been isolated. And originally, Columbus was supposed to have a scrimmage before their uh, opening match, and that has now been uh, scrapped. So they're not doing that. And very notably as well today, Carlos Vela, who is probably the best player in the MLS, 
He's the um, reigning MVP, plays for LAFC. Carlos Vela has decided to skip out on the tournament. He will not be joining LAFC for the MLS's back tournament. So, wow, that is a lot, and that is terrible. That is just a dumpster fire of news for a league that looks completely disorganized and in total shambles right now. I didn't want to talk about this today. I wanted to talk about, you know, teams facing each other. But I really question how this tournament's even going to happen right now. Because the bubble that they were supposed to create in Orlando has been broken before it could even be established. Like, not every team is even there yet. This is just turning into an absolute nightmare right now for Major League Soccer. And so... I mean, they have to kind of hope this works because they're poised to lose a lot of money if this doesn't work. But it is not going well for them right now. I think the the biggest thing for me personally, what I don't understand is that why do they get all these teams to arrive so late? Because you have all these teams who are showing up like days before they're supposed to start playing games. That's not really smart in any way possible. If they actually thought about this using some logic, the MLS would have thought, hey, you know what? Maybe we should have the teams go down there a couple weeks early. So if there are positive cases, we can isolate the players. They can get healthy and they can rejoin their teams. And we don't have to postpone a bunch of matches. And we don't have to be running around panicking the whole time. Like that would be a pretty easy solution. But I guess that seems too logical for them to be implementing right now. The league, interestingly, did say that, like, in, re in response to the positive test, they did say they have contingency plans for it. But honestly, I don't think that answer is very legitimate. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, in theory, yes, you could have legitimate contingency plans. But I don't think the MLS actually did. Because if you look at the schedule that was supposed to be played, the final group stage games are supposed to be played on July 23rd, the Thursday, and July 22nd, the Wednesday. So those are the final matches of the group stage. And then the round of 16 was supposed to start July 23rd. Sorry, uh, excuse me, July 25th, um, the Saturday. That is the day that the group, that is the day that the round of 16 was supposed to start. And so the 23rd was the last day of the group stage. The 25th was the first day of the knockout stage. And so if the round of 16 is starting on Saturday the 25th, and you're not done the group stage until the 23rd and the 22nd, where is the contingency plan for postponing games? Because that doesn't give... Unless you want teams to play on back-to-back -back days, which by the way, is completely unreasonable in a sport like soccer unless you want countless amounts of injuries. But it's completely unfeasible to think that their schedule has in any way prepped for potential contingencies because this schedule is airtight. There isn't really a lot of room to maneuver. And so I severely question a lot of this. If you want... Uh, all the information, by the way, there's a really good article on thescore.com from Daniel Roos, who outlines a lot of basically what has happened in the MLS so far 
and why the tournament is potentially in jeopardy right now. And so that's where we are today. I w didn't really, I wanted to talk about previewing this tournament, but instead I've had to talk about the, the fire that is continually ongoing around this tournament and the panicking and the overall just disorganization that appears to be coming from Major League Soccer. So anyway, that's that part of the show. As far as other COVID-19 sports-related news, the NHL made a huge decision. According to Bob McKenzie of TSN, Toronto and Edmonton have reportedly been picked as hub cities, which is fantastic because the NHL seems to have been somewhat reasonable. Now, I think Vancouver and Edmonton, personally, in my own opinion, would have been the best choices for hub cities for the NHL, but when you look at Toronto, while it might be one of the hardest hit cities in Canada, Canada is doing really well compared to like every part of the United States. So when you think about it like that, I think Toronto isn't a terrible location for games. And Edmonton, of course, has been doing really well with the COVID-19 pandemic. And they certainly have the facilities to do it. Because as much as I would love for my city of Calgary to be a hub city, I realize that Calgary has an old arena that's surrounded by a giant parking lot. And Edmonton has a new arena that's surrounded by, a, it's a one minute walk to a practice rink and it's a one minute walk to a hotel. So I get why Edmonton's being picked instead. But anyway, I did wanna say the NHL, I'm very happy they seem to be making a reasonable decision and I, Start, I think I like their chances of being able to finish because this was one of the other things I was concerned about was just if they pick like Vegas for example along with a Canadian city then how are you going to do the Stanley Cup final because are you just going to have a team travel and quarantine before the final because that would be a huge disadvantage for one of them and so that stuff was really confusing to me especially with the Canadian American border situation but with both hub cities being in Canada, it should be relatively easy to have a return to have a, a Stanley Cup final be played out in the same city without the need for quarantine. As for the other NHL news, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. It isn't COVID related, but part of the return to play package that the Players Association is going to vote on here pretty soon is they're discussing changes to the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement. And one of the very exciting changes that it seems like they're gonna be making, according to reports, is that the NHL would be returning to the Winter Olympics, which would be fantastic. And the fact that they weren't at the Winter Olympics in 2018 made me really angry because the men's hockey tournament is just so much fun to watch. And I might be saying this totally biased, but in fact, I probably am. But I love, love, love Finland's team going into 2022. I think they could have, I think they have all, like everything you'd want in a gold medal winning side. Canada obviously would probably have, would probably be the favorite considering that Canada would have a little more depth than the, fin than the Finnish team. But if you're talking about high-end talent, Finland's as good as anybody going in, and this might legitimately be the best team they've ever created for 2022. So 
that's kind of exciting nonetheless it's just my two countries being the at least in my eyes the overwhelming favorites going into a winter olympics with uh, the best of the best being allowed to play and that's nothing against the american squad or the swedish squad who will certainly be good the russian squad will be really good but i look at those three countries and i look at what finland has done over the last several years here with players being drafted as highly as they are and players succeeding as well as they are in the NHL, along with obviously Canada seems to always just be really, really good. And there's a reason why they produce nearly half of the NHL players in the league. Anyway, that was all I wanted to say on that. NBA news, Victor Oladipo is the first kind of big star player to elect to not go to the NBA restart. And his decision is not virus-related, but it's injury-related. So Victor Oladipo is coming off a really big injury. And so he's only been back for like a little while now. And so his decision was more based on, you know, I've been out for like a year with an injury. I'm going to sit this one out and just continue the rehab, which I completely understand and have no problem with him doing that. Assistant coach for the LA Lakers, Lionel Hollins, has actually not been given clearance to enter the bubble and it's due to a pre-existing health condition that he has and so he will he's the first uh coach to be admitted from the nba restart again totally reasonable and it's it sucks for him obviously but when it comes to health and safety i totally understand if he's in a high risk you don't want to have anything happen to him potentially the Milwaukee Bucks and Sacramento Kings, meanwhile, have practiced, have closed practice facilities following some positive tests. The NBA has started testing their players. They're not supposed to kick off, or tip off, I should say, until the end of the month. But uh, the NBA, unlike the MLS, is actually making their teams arrive a couple weeks early. And so that's kind of just a lot smarter, <laughs> to say the least. And then finally, the CFL actually has some news. The CFL, I guess, is looking at Winnipeg as a potential hub city for a condensed version of their season, according to TSN. So that is very cool and exciting. The CFL, I'm not quite sure how they would do it logistically to get a season off. But if they are able to somehow, I think that would be a good thing for the league that desperately needs to not lose a ton of money. Anyway, that's it for the COVID-19 sports news. On to the live sports update. Just a, a little bit of a quick one today. I'll start with the National Women's Soccer League. That is through three. Each team has played three games so far. At least three games, I should say. So far in the tournament, with the exception of Sky Blue FC, Olympic uh, Leone Reign, Houston Dash and the Utah Royals. Those teams have only played two games so far, and so they're almost done through the group stages. North Carolina Courage, though, perfect 3-0 on the tournament. They've only conceded one goal in the three games. They look like the overwhelming favorite to win this whole thing. Houston Dash, meanwhile, have actually done a pretty good job here. They really have... Um, the Houston Dash seem to be the most exciting team in the tournament just the way they play very much on the front foot and scoring a lot of goals five goals in their opening two matches and then you have a lot of teams kind of similar point totals similar records 
Chicago Red Stars is currently the team in last place, though. They have don't have a single victory yet and almost certainly look to be playing North Carolina in the quarterfinals, which doesn't bode well for their chances. But anyway, I'll, like I said, I'm going to go into a lot more depth into this tournament once they get into the knockout rounds and teams start getting eliminated. On to the Premier League. The top four races heating up now that Liverpool has officially won the Premier League title. And in the top four discussion, we have Leicester City, who have stumbled quite a bit coming out of the break. Man United have done pretty well. And West Ham got a huge 3-2 win over Chelsea, which not only helps West Ham's chances of avoiding relegation, but it hurts Chelsea's chances of getting into the top four because they have certainly come back to the pack a little bit as far as that is concerned. So this is the way the table looks right now. Obviously, Liverpool are already champions. Leicester City have 58 points sitting in third place. Chelsea have 57 points sitting in fourth place. And Manchester United have 55 points sitting in fifth place. Wolves are still not out of it either. They have 52 points in sixth place. Each team has four games remaining in the season. And so the battle for the Champions League will be very intense between those four teams. At the bottom of the table, West Ham have got a little bit of separation now. One more win for them probably secures them um, safety for this season. Watford, Aston Villa, Bournemouth separated by one point. Norwich City hanging on for dear life right now, trying to not be relegated. The German league might be over, the Bundesliga, but the German Cup competition, the DFB Pokal, took place over the weekend. Bayern Munich completing the win to win the double, and so they won this game 4-2, and so they've now won the Bundesliga and the DFB Pokal. The only thing left for them to win a treble is the Champions League, and it remains to be seen how Bayern will be affected by a huge layoff here in the month of July as the Champions League doesn't restart until August in Portugal. Syria, meanwhile, it, the title race looks to be all done and dusted. Juventus have pulled away at the top of the table. Lazio suffered a pretty awful 3-0 loss to Milan, and that has meant that Juventus sit first place with 75 points. Lazio are second with 68 points. The chances of them catching Juventus seem very slim to me. So, not looking great in the Serie A title race. I think it's almost certainly all but over. In La Liga, meanwhile, Real Madrid have some separation. They have started to pull away because Barcelona, stumbling and stumbling, not been great for them. They tied 2-2 with Atletico Madrid. And then... Real Madrid was able to get a huge 1-0 win over Athletic Bilbao. Barcelona did beat Villarreal to maintain some to maintain some kind of um, contention in the title race, but it's not great. Real Madrid has 77 points. Barcelona has 73 points. It's a four-point gap. There's four matches remaining, and I think Real Madrid 100%. It's their title to lose. If they play the way they know the way that they know they're capable of, I think they will be winning their first La Liga trophy in a little while because Barcelona have dominated the league aspect of their rivalry over the last few seasons. And 
that is it. That's all I got for the show today. The one final update on Patrick Mahomes. There isn't a number yet, but there is a projection. According to Chad Johnson, he thinks roughly it'll be somewhere between 450 and 500 million is what Mahomes would make over the length of the contract. Some of that depends a little bit on where the salary cap is, but those are the kind of numbers that we're talking about here, which is just absolutely crazy. But again, one of those that you kind of have to understand because again, he won them the Super Bowl. And so I would like to thank everybody for listening in today. I know that was a lot to discuss. I hope that next week I get to talk about MLS games, but we'll see because there's a lot of uncertainty with that. I'll also dive into the NWSL knockout rounds next week. And once again, for everybody out there, because we are still in a pandemic, I want everyone to be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.